It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Two of the Championships Informed Teams Meet at Firhills Partick Thistle Welcome Dundee United The rain is causing havoc With the fixture card Though 7 of 15 SPFL games off so far It's even been raining in Dubai With Rangers scoring 6 In a mid-season friendly I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio Alex Ray, Gordon Diel And Hugh Keevans It takes more than torrential rain To stop Super Scoreboard In its tracks We've rerouted We've redirected We've rebooted Everyone's in place And the biggies have beaten Mother Nature at her own game Partick Thistle in the rain Against Dundee United And Mary Hill What's not to love And Morton have been swimming Against the tide In the lower reaches of the Clyde For most of the season But the tide turned at her broth Last weekend Still For them And for the Jags It's sink or swim Saturday Alec And we're in at the deep end and that's the show for this Saturday. Join us on Monday when Alex <laughs> Ray and you keep it. No, <laughs> no I, I'm looking forward to even the small games, Gordon. The, the fact that, you know, Party Thistle, Dundee United, what a crowd's going to be there. What a game it's going to turn out this afternoon. Pitch will be very, very wet indeed. I used to, as a player, probably Alec will be the same. I love playing in these sort of pitches, really did. Um, you look at Morton against Dunfermline, big game down there, and then the massive one through at Stenhouse Muir against Breakin. I was talking to the guys, it's a pity, it really is a pity this afternoon, because I was talking to the guys last week that were out at these championship and first division games, and they were saying how much they enjoyed it. They were looking forward to this week. Uh, unfortunately, the weather beats us sometimes. Yeah, a lot of state, Gordon. You have to take into consideration Thistle are still fighting the relegation battle. Dundee United are pretty much home and hose, but I think the elements will play a part today. Green Morton got a very good win up at a broth last week. Uh, but Dunfermline, I, I seen the goal last week that they actually conceded. It was like a training ground, and the manager will most certainly be looking for a, a, an upturn in the performance there. So, bit of disruption around. Uh, and in terms of the top flight, Hugh, all it means is that we've for once timed the winter break at the right time because it's often the case that the weather's fine during this period. You come back and then you're up against it. But the, the top flight don't have to worry about it this afternoon. Rangers and Celtic, Aberdeen, amongst others, still out in Dubai, where it's actually been pouring yeah. as well, would you believe? Serves them right. <laughs> oh, not better. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm okay in this weather. My grandson's called Noah. So I'm fine. No, I, I tell, I'll tell you why he's talking about Dubai. He's a bit concerned by next <laughs> Thursday. Exactly. He, fly, he flies out. And wouldn't it be great to be standing here next week, guys? Gordon Duncan in Dubai, and we're talking about it's raining in Dubai. Uh, Alex, but in the meantime, yes. for the top flight, it's really that season of sort of transfer rumour, transfer yes. speculation. It, Seems like it's mostly outgoings rather than incomings, but that can bring its own fascination as well. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, I said earlier on the week, I think it was King uh, had gone, and uh, it was important to try and get some of the deadwood. We, we spoke about this, we, we mentioned a few weeks ago, there'd be five or six players from uh, Rangers and Celtic look to go. I think Lewis Morgan will be uh, probably in Miami. Uh, very soon because what an opportunity to go oh, yeah. and start up with a new franchise in, in that part of the world uh, a new experience for him I know, I know Lewis very well it's a great opportunity for him because you know he can go and really kick on well we'll maybe look at some of the big stories doing the rounds a bit later on but let's get stuck in on today's action the standout fixture we are on a reduced fixture card but it was the standout fixture anyway Partick Thistle against Dundee United let's get a preview with Roger Hanna and Alison Conroy 
Wet and windy at Ferro Hill, as you can imagine. But Willie Collum says it is game on for Partick Thistle against Dundee United. The groundsman not particularly happy about that, but the game is on nevertheless. 27 points separate these two sides. Dundee United sitting first. Partick Thistle sitting eighth in the Scottish Championship. It's two changes for both sides for this afternoon's game. Tamil Ware comes back into the starting 11 for Partick Thistle with Dario Zanata also coming into the starting lineup as well. So the teams will be Fox and Goal for Partick Thistle, a back four of Williamson, Saunders, O'Ware and Penrice in the midfield. Cardle, Bannigan, Cole and Zanata with Miller just in behind the lone striker of Jones. On the bench for Thistle, Sneddon, McGinty, Harkins, Robson, Slater, Mansell and Austin. For Dundee United, Segrist is in goal a back three of Watson, Connolly and Reynolds. And then in the midfield it will be Smith, Powers, Glass, Aperi and Sporrell. Just, I'm sorry, Aperi sitting just in behind the two strikers of Clark and Shankland. On the bench for United United this afternoon will be Dennis, Pollitt, So, Stanton, Freeman, King and Mochrey. I've already told you your referee at Fairhill is Willie Collum. Roger Hanna, what are you expecting for this one? On paper, it looks like it'll be an absolute fantastic game. With so many games around the country falling victim to the weather, it's a big game for Dundee United. But I think I think we're all agreed United are on their way to winning this title. They're streets clear of everyone else, but far and away the most consistent team in the division. So for me, this is all about Partick Thistle this afternoon. You heard the callers last week in Super Scoreboard last Saturday night after they dropped points at Alloa. They were wanting Ian McCall to bring in fresh blood. I think they'll arrive at Firhill this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Disappointed there are no new faces in the team. I believe Zach Rodden is going to be coming in in the next 48 hours. Let's talk about Darian McKinnon coming in in the next 48 hours as well. But for now, McCall's going to have to go with the same players that have plunged Thistle into this relegation fight and he will demand more from them this afternoon. As the games are decimated across the country, from where we're sitting at the back of the stand, the pitch looks brilliant. Yeah, the pitch does look good. Willie Collins went down. He seems happy enough with it. They had one of these big mopping devices out about 10, 15 minutes ago trying to get a little bit more of the surface water away. It'll be interesting to see how much it cuts up this afternoon because mm. the rain is still pouring down here in the surface at Farhill. And it'll be interesting to see how it affects the game. United look as if they're going with three at the back, which is a real change from what Robbie Nielsen has, has normally put mm-hmm. out this season. Whether that is just a personnel issue because he's a couple of players missing or whether that is a tactical switch aimed at nullifying any attacking threat Thistle have got. It'll be a fascinating game this afternoon, but as I said, I think it's all about Thistle. They need something today. Game on at Firhill and two changes for both sides. Let's hear from both managers then, starting with the home boss, Ian McCall. I just think the, the league's so tight, so it doesn't really matter whether you're playing the DNA or the Alloa. It's just, it's just an incredibly tight league. Out with United, the bottom nine, I really genuinely don't think there's a lot between the teams. And when you can get a three points, you all want to play well. You want, I certainly want to play a certain way. We've not been able to do that yet. We're playing a lot better, but ultimately, we've just got to get the points in this league. Got to. Because the relegation thing is going to be, I think, it's going to be a bit similar to last season when it was just incredible. Six teams could have went down two before the end of the season. And what about the thoughts then of Robbie Nielsen? To win five away games in the bounce doesn't happen often. And it shows the quality of the player, but also shows that you know the the belief in the player and players and the, the togetherness and the work rate and the mentality. Because we've went to some difficult venues and, and had to grind results out. We went to venues and played very well. Also goes back to the, the support we're getting from the fans. You know we, we took a huge number down to Queen of the South again. I would expect a huge number at Partick. 
at times that makes it feel like a home game for us because the players go out there and we have the, you know, at times the majority of the support, which allows us to then go and set up the way we want to play and, and take the game in opposition, even though we're in a away venue. Roger Hanna, it seems to me the, it's the congested nature of that section of the league which means Partick Thistle are very much still in a relegation fight. But if you were to base it on points totals, they're only three points off fifth. So there's clearly an incentive there to start looking up the way. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. I was at East End Park for Super Scoreboard last Saturday, and we, we talked before the game. If Dunfermline had beaten Ayr, they would have gone into the promotion playoff places, Gordon. They lost the game 1 0, and suddenly they were only three points above Morton in the relegation playoff place. So it really has tightened up in that middle area. Even Aloha, having taken that point against Thistle last week, can you know realistically look up and know if they get a, a couple of decent results, they are back with the pack. So it's a bit like last season, if you remember the likes of Queen of the South, Morton, there was a spell in the springtime when they could have gone up and they could have gone down. And I think that's going to affect at least half the teams in the Championship again this season. On the flip side, you can't really argue with Dundee United's form at the moment. A 14-point lead at the top, it's the biggest gap of any league in the UK. They've got 10 wins and one draw in their last 11 games. As you heard Robbie Nielsen, they're five away wins on the bounce, so they're absolutely motoring towards that title. Yeah, they've got all the attributes you would want from a championship winning team. They've got consistency of performance. They've got uh, a consistency of result, as you say there, with that, that list of away wins. And, and they've got goals in the team. They've signed Lauren Shankland, um, probably, well, undoubtedly the highest paid player in this division. He has produced the goods on the rare occasion in the last couple of weeks when, when he hasn't been scoring goals. Nicky Clark will step up or someone else will step up. Yeah, you know, the likes of young Lewis Aperi has come into the team this season and already nailed down a first team place. So everybody's stepping up to the plate for Robbie Nielsen. They'll win the league. They might win the league by 20 or 25 points. Recruitment could, of course, play a key part for all the teams who are trying to turn a relegation fight into a promotion playoff chase. What about Partick Thistle? Where exactly are they at the moment? Zach Rudden and Darren McKinnon are two names that. Are mentioned, would you, would you expect them both to happen? I would expect them both to be done probably in the next 48 hours. Zach Rudden is back up the road from Plymouth after that loan spell from Rangers was ended. It looks as if he's going to become a Partick Thistle player at the start of the week. Likewise, Darian McKinnon, I think he's into the last four or five months of his Hamilton contract. I, I don't believe he's going to get another one. There was interest in him from Morton, but then the Partick Thistle interest materialised, and I think he too will sign a deal to the end of the season with Partick probably at the start of the week. And that would make them available for, for the rest of the rest of Ian McCall's games, starting with the Scottish Cup tie here next Saturday against Celtic. Well, he likes a tackle, Danny oh, McKinnon, yes. you'd have to say. Uh, so he'll add a bit of backbone. Uh, Zach Rudden, proven goal scorer at a certain level. He'll come in and do Partick this return. Of that, I have no doubt. Uh, but as Ian McCall and everyone knows, Partick Thistle are A, in danger of relegation, B, a possibility of going up to the playoff places. So it's all there for them. But the stats you read out, Gordon, for Dundee United, 10 wins and one draw in the last 11 games, five away wins on the bounce. That is title-winning stuff. Not just that, Hugh. If you look at the league table, 27 points between the teams. Just shows you how good Dundee United have been this season, Gordon. Uh, I think Partick Thistle won't be looking at, say, playoffs. It would be a miracle if they could get there. I know you look at the table and think, well, they're not that far away. I think for Ian McCall just now to the end of the season, safety first, 
and then a rebuilding job in the summer. You have to say though the the two guys that are looking at you know Ruddin's goals got a bit of potential in them as well. I think the jump from where he has at Rangers to get into their first team is so too far. I think this is a level he has to get back the way to then kick on. And I also think McKinnon would be a brilliant one because if you're in a relegation dogfight, you want a guy, yeah. particularly through these winter months, days like today, who just roll up his sleeves and get you through People it. talk about having folk in the trenches beside yep. you, Alec. If you were in a bit of baller, you'd like to look around and see Darry McKinnon yeah. there. Uh, I noticed that Morton have just tweeted to say, we remind supporters all trains today to and from Greenock are off. So not only is the football struggling, if the games that are still on, you might be struggling to get there. But Andrew McLean is there. The game goes ahead, Andrew, no, no problems. Well, referee Barry Cook has actually spent a good while since I arrived walking about the pitch. He was kicking a ball around, just seeing how it runs. And as it stands, the game is on. There is a bit of a problem area just in front of the dugouts, quite muddy, a bit of water on the pitch as well. But as things stand, the game is going ahead. As for the football, and it's so tight in the championship at the moment that despite the fact that Dunfermline are sitting in fifth and Morton are in ninth, there's just three points between the two sides. Morton actually have a game in hand on Dunfermline as well. And you'd think that Morton will actually be the happier side coming into this game because they have won two of their last three matches, whereas Dunfermline, they did have a good spell uh, a month or so ago, but they've gone on a run of straight four straight losses uh, coming into this one but it is a good opportunity for both these sides to get points on the board and put pressure on other teams as well because three of the five other championship games have been called off and when you look at these conditions the rain's pouring down it's a, a wet surface something strikers could love these conditions too and that could well suit Kevin Nisbet the Dunfermline striker he has 20 goals in all competitions this season 13 in his last 10 league games he starts and I'll bring you the full team news it's a 3-4-3 for Morton Danny Rogers starts in goal it's a back three of Jack Baird Brian McLean and Lewis Strapp the midfield four Luca Colville Jim McAllister Chris Miller and Kyle Jacobs with Robbie Muirhead John Sutton and Nicky Cadden the front three the substitutes Ramsbottom Tumulty, Grant, Orsi, Lyon, Blues and Livingston as for Dunfermline. A 4-4-2 for them today. Ryan Scully starts in goal. A back four of Aaron Comrie, Lee Ashcroft, Danny Devine and Lewis Martin. The midfield four, Ryan Dow, Paul Payton, Ewan Murray and Dom Thomas who comes in for his debut. Kevin Nisbet and Gabriel McGill starting up front. The substitutes Edwards, Thompson, Beedling, Turner, Ross, Gill and McCann. The referee, as I said earlier, is Barry Cook. Uh, now don't forget the championship card has been ripped apart by the weather Dundee against Air United was off this morning Inverness Queen of the South was called off yesterday Even Alloa Athletic are broth Which in case you can't remember what surface Alloa have It's an artificial one Hugh yeah. But the rain has been so bad that it's flooded over There are pictures coming out of the end of drill The corner area is submerged And therefore that one is off as well Standing water never seen sitting water But apparently standing water is the problem there uh, And that's a great shame Because we're really looking forward to that match But uh, Peter Grant will just have to wait And see if uh, Alloa can get off the foot of that table Some other time So that means uh, no Alloa or both No Mark Guidi with us this afternoon Fraser Wishart was on his way to Dumbarton Against Clyde A good old game in, in League One on yep. our patch That one is off as well Thanks to a waterlogged pitch At that point you've got a decision to make You look at the fixture card And you think right Do we want to send Fraser home For the afternoon? Yeah <laughs> Where else could we send him? You're looking at other fixtures Some of them down south Some of them up north mm. And there was just one that jumped out We're going to call it Mushroom Watch Fraser <laughs> Wisher You are at Stenhouse Muir Against Brecon City Possibly the first time Stenhouse Muir against Brecon City has ever uh, been covered on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You are the man for the big occasion. 
I am, and I'm not sure if the Dumbarton game is off because I texted Jim Duffy this morning and said, I know you're short of players, shall I bring my boots? And he said, no, don't bother. So maybe they put the game off in case I was on the bench. But uh, I'm actually not far from, from where Mark Guidi is. You know, and the conditions are actually good here. The rain's gone off. The pitches, I've got a two-way areas in the corner flags. A wee bit wet, but uh, I, I just love coming down here to, to games like this. Proper football, I think, as you said. I don't know if Rudolph Clyde's ever covered the bottom two teams in the in the SPFL, teams 41, teams 42, but but we are, we're here, and it's the first time I broadcast from here, I've played here a few times, in fact one of the last times towards the end of my career we were playing with Clyde Bank, and uh, we, we all were wondering what the plans were for Clyde Bank, we were full time, we earned decent money, and we found out they were going to Dublin, and we were playing here in a game, and uh, supporters chained themselves to the post, so hopefully none of that nonsense today for, 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 for Mark Wilson, but seriously, it's an important game, we look out for Mark's results week in, week out, but it's really important for both these clubs. We focus on the top end, forget about the issues at the bottom end, but both these proud clubs really run by supporters, run by volunteers, but they're staring at relegation, not only just down a division, but out of the SPFL, and for Brecon in particular, it could be their third successive relegation. Two years ago, they were playing in the Championship against St Mirren, Dundee United, Livingston, that type of team, but now they are staring at relegation, and I think there's a fear amongst all the League 1 and League 2 clubs these days. They look at East Stirling, look at Berwick, who struggled after losing in the playoffs, and the top junior teams pushing at the top end of the loan, League like Kelty Hearts, and Bonnie Rig Rose and of course Highland League clubs Cove Rangers an example of come into the league and sit top of this division that I'm actually at so two points between these two Alvin Rover's not out of the battle yet with their game being off a win today for either of these teams I think would be absolutely huge I can give you the team some experienced players in both teams Graham Smith's in goals for Stenhouse Muir former Motherwell and Rangers goalkeeper Jonathan Tiffany Andrew Wilson Robert Wilson Andrew Monroe sorry Robert Wilson and Scott McLaughlin at the back David Hopkirk new signing Conor McBrearty on loan from St Murn Ryan Blair and Alan Cook in midfield with experienced duo of Mark McGuigan and new signing Greg Spence as the two strikers. Kyle Marley, Ryan Waters, Conor McBride, Chris O'Neill, Jordan Armstrong and Botty B. Yabby are the substitutes for Mark Wilson's talking to him earlier so he's very aware of the, the importance of this match. Lewis McMinn is in goals back four. Scott Ricky, Jonathan Page who's ex-Mother one Hamilton Ackies, Doogie Hill and Sean McIntosh in midfield. Paul Allen and Ross Brown. Oliver Hamilton on loan from St Johnson. Young lad Ryan McCord and Kieran Ingalls in, in the midfield just behind the experienced striker Andy Jackson who's played to the club before just been brought in this morning on loan. Lee Duncanson, Luke Watt, Matthew Knox, Ross Crawford, Emil Ngoy, Paul McManus and Ross Sinclair are the substitutes and the referee today at Oakleview is Chris Graham. Well, let's hope it's a decent view at Oakleview. Uh, listen, put all favouritism to one side. May the best team win So long as it's breaking Ah so there we go And don't adjust your radio If you're wondering why You're hearing Stenhouse Muir Against Breakin For the first time probably On Clyde One Super Scoreboard The rain is causing havoc Seven of the 15 SPFL games Are already off Hopefully the rest Will survive the afternoon We'll get all the guys involved And look back on the week's Biggest stories across The Scottish game next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation Is their goal TalkToThompsons.com Hugh Keevans, Gordon DL and Alex Ray are in the studio It's the best place for them on a day like this Because the rain is hammering down across the country And it's ripped apart half of the SPFL card this afternoon We already didn't have the top flight due to the winter break And we are in a reduced card in the championship The only games that survive Partick Thistle against Dundee United And Morton Against Dunfermline uh, Our other featured match Is Stenhouse Muir Against Brecon City Because Fraser Wishart Was cancelled elsewhere Well not him personally But no. the game was cancelled elsewhere So we've sent him To keep an eye On Mark Wilson And see how things progress Down at the bottom Of Scottish League 2 
As you know If you listen to the show regularly At this time on a Saturday We always get all the guys involved And look back on The week's biggest stories Now In a week like this year There haven't been many Big stories no. But but it's been all about That, that transfer rumour Speculation A few faces heading out Most notably Scott Sinclair Yeah well You know Scott had been A terrific player for Celtic And had been player of the year here But for a while now His importance to the team had diminished Or had been allowed to diminish It clearly wasn't in Neil Lennon's plans And therefore He should go with everyone's best wishes at Celtic Park And uh, Preston North End have got themselves a decent player Who always throughout his career Goes to a new club Hits the ground running And then you have to keep his interest and momentum going But Alec Neil has got himself a, a, a very good player in Scott Sinclair And the Celtic fans should appreciate uh, what they once had I've got to say I'm absolutely devastated he's left Gordon I really am Not because of him but Because we've lost uh, Rosie Webster to <laughs> Glasgow <laughs> Coronation Street She's a massive loss So um, I'll be missing her But uh, I think Hugh's right there about You know what he brought to Celtic What a fantastic footballer he was As much as Rosie? Oh no, I loved her I, I, She was brilliant and thing. But I've got to say He will be missed Because I thought He was a terrific player for Celtic Not in the fact the way he played The amount of goals from a wide area yeah, 60 odd goals wasn't Was it? incredible I think where the downfall was When Tierney moved out as well I, 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 They had a great partnership Him and Tierney um, And I, he just didn't get the opportunity And who's right Sometimes as a player You realise It's your time up Time up at a club, Alec, you know that and you move on Roger Hanna, it seems strange to describe that as the most significant move of the window A player that's only played seven games But I think that just stems from his contribution and his short time up here Which can't really be understated No, it can't be said that on the show on Tuesday night When the move was going through I believe he's on the bench this afternoon for his, for his debut away to Blackburn Rover The Lancashire Derby for him down there today um, he, he did well He did well under Brendan Rodgers And his Celtic career Just sort of petered out Sometimes that happens But I think When people look back In the cold light of day About Scott Sinclair's Contribution to Celtic They should look upon it fondly Because he was a footballer Of the year In his first season here You remember goals In derbies You remember Remember a goal In his debut at Tynecastle yep. And he, he really just Kicked on from there And was a terrific player the, the, the lack of transfer activity Though Gordon Shouldn't really surprise Any of us Because we talk about this transfer window being open for the month of January but 75% of the business is squeezed into the last three or four days don't ask me why it's the same in August it just seems to be the way the clubs the players the agents do their business so in a couple of weeks time expect lots to be happening and in terms of outgoings Celtic outgoings Celtic wide player outgoings Roger it now looks like Inter-Miami will be the destination for Lewis Morgan I'm not saying he took a look out the window this morning And it swayed him But it might have uh, played a small part I'm sure Miami at this time of year is rather nice And it looks like he might be going there to play his football Yeah and I think it's wonderful that Super Scoreboard Are sending him over to cover his debut <laughs> In two or three weeks time when the MLS uh, Kicks off again Thanks very much for that Gordon he, he, He'll do well over there And in past years you used to think, oh, people are going to America, and that's just a wee retirement payoff for them. It's far from that now. Look at Johnny Russell, went to Kansas City and has remained in the Scotland squad. Other players have gone over there, you know, Gary Mackay-Stevens going over there, Ronnie Dyle is his new manager now in New York. It is an up-and-coming league. It is a far more highly regarded league than it's ever been before. The quality in the league 
is as high as it's ever been before and you can only wish Lewis Morgan good luck over them uh, Rangers are doing the same of course Fraser at the moment it seems to be about trimming the squad getting it to a more manageable number Andy King Eros Gresda people are expecting maybe Jamie Murphy Greg Doherty etc to follow and then we wait and see if, if Stephen Gerrard gets his one and where that one might be yeah, and that'll be the key question for for Steven Gerrard is where does he think the team needs strength? And I think we discussed it last night, uh, sorry, last week in detail on on the show about Celtic and Rangers uh, activity in this window, and it will be about quality. It's not going to be about quantity because they've got huge squads. And Steven Gerrard's been backed by the, the Rangers board. You know, they've spent a lot of money on players and bringing in some quality players as recently as as, as Ryan Kent for reported seven million quid. So I don't think there's going to be a huge number of players coming in but you might see a loan or two you might see Steven Gerrard pull a favour from somebody maybe at Liverpool or another club that he has contacts with but for, for both these teams it's about quality it's about bringing in somebody that's going to make their team better and that's difficult at this time of the season because the best players that clubs have they don't want to let go just now and Roger's talking there about why does it always happen in the last few days of the window it's because clubs are so frightened to release somebody in case they can't replace them so they're lining up replacements and it's almost like buying a house where there's a kind of chain where if, if one of them pulls out the whole, whole six or seven deals uh, uh, fall by the wayside so it's, it's always a difficult time but I think we'll see a couple of new faces at Rangers and maybe two or three at Celtic which will set things up beautifully for the rest of the season Yeah I think you're absolutely right Fraser you look at uh, Andy King's and back to Leicester and uh, Gresda's off the wages now as well I think there'll be three or four as you rightly said Barjonas uh, Greg Dockett and McPake Murphy Herrera will go back out as well uh, the Rangers were reported to be linked to the boy Jones who scored that wonder goal from Liverpool Curtis Jones yeah Curtis yeah. Jones uh, last week so I think Fraser's right in terms of potentially a loan deal coming in because I think when you look at Rangers squad it is top heavy uh, maybe a, a, a backup a number three striker potentially just in case someone gets injured or suspended so uh, you don't want to be left short in that area but in the main I think Rangers are in a good place at the moment well I, I think you know, nine in a row for Celtic is hanging by a thread and uh, that's why the window is important for Celtic because when they played Rangers on December 29 they were outfought by Rangers Rangers hunger was greater Rangers physicality was greater uh, and uh, their desire is that a one-off? is that something to worry about when there are two other meetings of the clubs to take place? those two meetings might be the games which determine the outcome of the title so Celtic have to do good business in this window January traditionally for Celtic has not been a good time for business what about generally Fraser Wisher with your PFA Scotland hat on what in particular do you tend to expect from the January window people always have these preconceptions about it being being a difficult window how, how much business tends to get done is that increasing over the years decreasing how, how do you look at it it's, it's kind of almost a desperate window because it's the teams that are in real need that uh, will take on players that they maybe haven't seen. I, I know managers have said they you know, haven't even seen them, so I'm basically in a video, hadn't scouted them, but we had one wage to pay and we thought, right, that we need somebody in, need a body in. Uh, and sometimes a huge turnover. You can remember Jack Ross a couple of years ago at St Myrne, 10 in, 10 out, and they managed to keep St Myrne 
in the championship at, at that time. So sometimes it's just an absolute gamble. But you also have a situation where it happens in, in Scotland where players have got six months of their contract to go. They're not fancied, they're not in the plans, but they've got nowhere to go. So all of a sudden the clubs are beginning to put the squeeze in the player to say, well, if, you're no, if you don't go then, then to, to, and take this move, then you'll not be training, you'll not be playing. So it can become a bit of an awkward window. And, that, and again, that goes back to Roger's comments about why do things happen late on the window. It's, it's for reasons like that where uh, the window forces clubs and players to come to a compromise uh, should they be way off in terms of of settlement payments and uh, you know when you think back to, to some of the, the windows we've had you know Celtic have had successful windows when bringing in likes of Bellamy and Keane and people like that as well but it didn't win them the league so just getting in a quality player or two or three players doesn't necessarily mean you can win the league and, that, and that's a difficulty for both the old firm teams is can they bring in players that are better than the ones they've got that's, that's tough at this time of the year That's where it's going to be Tough to forecast Roger Hanna Because there are no glaring holes In either starting 11 at the moment Now of course Celtic have made no secret Of the fact that they need another striker They need backup to Odson Edward But given that an automatic upgrade To the starting 11 is unlikely You just wonder how much recruitment Will actually play in, in the destination of the title Yeah I would tend to agree with that I think Celtic would like to do a couple of things Um, As you say a reliable backup to Odson Edward But if Sinclair and Morgan are out the door I think they may well look at someone in a wide area as well Uh, Jonathan Cohen Maccabi Tel Aviv is one that was watched this week Um, 23 year old would come in something in the region of £3 million So he's high on the radar as well Um, I believe the Polish striker Patrick Kamala is one that's being watched by Celtic um, Ismail Asoro, a midfield player who plays in Israel as well with Yehuda is being watched as well I don't think they'll all come in Gordon but I think uh, Neil Lennon and Nicky Hammond at the club will try and work to get one or two in I, I, I think all clubs like to get one or two in in the January window just to freshen things up a couple of new faces in the training ground so for all the ones going out at Rangers and I think Glenn Middleton may well be next he's close I think to a deal at Ross County Lewis and Mirren are, are looking at that as well uh, I would think there'll be at least one coming in at Rangers uh, Fraser Wishart what else has grabbed your attention in terms of maybe other teams in the league it's a bit early to be asking for best pieces of business or anything like that but I noticed St Mirren have been busy Dylan McGeoch's gone to Aberdeen anything else that leaps out at you? I, I think McGeoch's Aberdeen's a really good uh, signing and uh, hopefully he can get back to, to the form he showed for, for Hibs when he was in the Scotland squad and he was a much sought after player Hasn't quite happened at Sunderland for a number of reasons, but uh, I know Derek McInnes has always liked him, and he's a type of player I think they need. I saw them play a couple of weeks ago against Hearts, and they were really poor, you know, in terms of just the quality on the ball. But they've got good midfield players who, who are aggressive, who are strong, who make good runs. Lewis, Lewis Ferguson, for example, I think will flourish with McGee beside them. Can be just a calming influence and can pass it. And you're right, St Mirren have gone early. You know, they've gone really early. Brought in a couple of centre backs. They brought in an attacking midfield player as well. And if, if they can get Middleton, then St Mirren are beginning to take shape because. Although they're near the bottom, they look a far better team than, than than last year, and that's where I think a lot of the, in terms of numbers, I think it'll be in the bottom half, bottom maybe eight teams of, of the league. That's where you you'll see it, and of course Hearts as well, who are, are linked with everybody and anybody. And uh, Daniel Stendel struggling to get his mark on the team. I think there'll be a few players uh, coming out of Tynecastle as well. Fraser, I'll tell you why I'm happy to see Dylan McGee go to Petardry, and I'd like to see Matty Kennedy go there from St Johnston as well. Another good player. I am in a position now where I wonder if any club outside of Celtic and Rangers can win any of our major trophies. I'd, how do you beat Celtic and or Rangers to win a major trophy? I, I can't see anyone in the foreseeable future 
win the Scottish Cup or the Betfred Cup and certainly the leagues are gonna that's just Celtic or Rangers property I'm doubtful yeah. if anyone can win a major trophy so you but think you adding Kennedy and Dill McKeel will give Aberdeen a better chance to challenge yeah. Celtic Rangers I, 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 they're my only hope Aberdeen would be my only hope of a team that could beat Celtic and or Rangers well you might not have to beat you might not have to, to beat, beat them either or both of course because well, they can meet each other yeah yeah but and there, then is, there, is a, there, is, there is a possibility There is a likelihood Alright If you don't have to beat Celtic And Rangers You have to beat Celtic Or Rangers To win a trophy And at the moment I don't see a team In the country That can beat Celtic Or Rangers To win a trophy I think well, you know, I, I, Sorry I was just about to say there uh, Guys that You know in terms of We've spoke about Players coming into clubs I think part of the problem For most of these managers Are getting players out Particularly the ones That really need to Freshen things up and they have to get people off the wages to bring people in. So you look at Hearts, you know, the, the goings on there has been really dramatic in the last couple of weeks with two of the senior players being bombed. Oh. One's walked away without a payoff. Christoph Beroff has 18 months still to go. Young Whiting's looking to go. It looks as if Moraney might be going as well. And he, they need major surgery. Now it's about trying to get quality in, and particularly in this window. I think they've got a really tough job in their hands. It's because they've not got a settled club, Alec. You've got a new manager coming in there. You've got two ex-managers, okay, one was a caretaker, sitting up the stairs, sharing a job, uh, bringing new players. I don't know how you can work under those circumstances. I think that is a difficult job. Unless something happens dramatic in the January window, I think hearts are in massive, massive trouble. Fraser, I think you were trying to come back in. Yeah, I, I was. I was just uh, about the point of, uh, of winning trophies, and I agree with you. This season, I think there's a bigger gap than there has been in recent seasons. Even just in a one-off game, you, you know, it used to be in the last couple of years, you would think, yeah, I mean, going to Tynecastle, going to Easter Road, going to Petardry, difficult games for the old firm, but they've they've performed pretty well and, and won fairly simply at these grounds in, in general this season. But I, I do think, Hugh, that that, that over the years. In recent years, teams have won cups and have won trophies, you know, and uh, I still think that will happen. I think it's well nigh impossible to, to win the league, but when you look at the, the turnovers and the money they've got to spend, why would you expect somebody to compete with, with huge clubs like Celtic and Rangers? Yeah. You know, but I think in a, in a one off game in a cup tie this season, I, I just it's just not happening. They're not close, these three big clubs. Motherwell are probably the best team outside of, of, of the old firm at the moment, but uh, in years to come, they, they, of course, they will, they will win trophies. Well, I, 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 maybe I'm just a, a, an old cynic and sceptical, but uh, you know, Celtic. And well, Rangers, you definitely are those things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean you're wrong. Always been a cynic C- and sceptical. You're just now old. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully I'll get older still. Um, <laughs> I just think that there's such a gap now. Celtic and Rangers routinely go mm. and beat Aberdeen, yeah. and routinely go and beat Hearts and Hibs and anybody you like, um, and, and they will strengthen in the window. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the cup. Is next weekend. I'm thinking to myself that well, there's no one outside of Celtic and Rangers who can win that cup. Is it is it fair to be overly critical, Roger, of, of the Aberdeens and, and Hearts and Hibs because although they are our bigger other clubs and you might be expecting more from them, that's that's fine. The gap that Hugh speaks of should be there. That gap should be there. Really, when you look at the finances and everything else, I, I wouldn't be over critical of Aberdeen. I think Derek McInnes has done a fine job there over a number of seasons, stabilised the club and made them the third best team in the country on a consistent basis. You can criticise Hibs for probably for the appointment of Paul Heckingbottom and Jack Ross is having to mop that up just now, and you can certainly criticise Hearts 
fall away. That club's been run. Gordon Dale was absolutely right. They're five points adrift at the bottom of the Premiership for a reason. They're the worst team I've seen in the Premiership this season. And while the manager is burning players left, right and centre, it's noticeable he's not getting too many in. And the point Fraser was making was managers tend to want to get players in you know, before they get players out so they're not left short. He's just canning everybody at the minute and hasn't got anybody else in. So the makeup of the Hearts team when they return for the Scottish Cup tie against the Airdrie next week is going to be fascinating. I know the point Hugh makes. It's inevitable that Rangers and Celtic are going to win the vast majority of the silverware but if you're looking for a sliver of hope for the rest you know what happens if Celtic get drawn at Livingston in the next round if they get past Partick Thistle next weekend because they've struggled there in each of the last two seasons uh, the same with Rangers you know if they, they get a difficult cup draw away from home no guarantees OK let's leave that one there because we do have some big games this afternoon not as many as we would like but we'll go back around the grounds next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Gordon DL, and Alex Ray are in the studio. The brave reporters out and about braving the weather are Fraser Wishart, Andrew McLean, Alison Conroy, uh, Roger Hanna. Let's go back and see what conditions are like at Capolo. Andrew, everything still going to plan? Yeah, the players are out warming up at the moment and conditions are absolutely fine the rain actually looks to be off at the moment that was a bit of a worry for referee Barry Cook that if the rain got heavier and the conditions got worse and the pitch got a bit heavier that he might have to revise the situation but at the moment absolutely fine game is definitely going to go ahead and uh, there was sort of pockets of water just in front of the dugout that seemed to have dried up actually from the sort of lack of rain in the past half hour or so so all good players look to be um, happy with the conditions out there so all good uh, from a Morton perspective, they come into it in confident mood after that impressive 2 1 win away at Arbroath last week. Their form is sort of pretty good, actually, in the last six games 1 3, lost 3. I mean, that, that's that's certainly enough to, to keep you clear of relegation if you can replicate that over a season. They go away to St Johnston as well in the Scottish Cup next week, so I'm sure they'd like to get into that one with another good performance under their belts. Yeah, and I think they'll be confident here at Capolo especially because if you look at the league table and only take home games into account, Morton has actually been sitting fourth in the table and they've actually played less home games than most teams as well. 16 points they've picked up in nine home games so far this season and another thing that well, they'll be happy about is the fact that if you look at the form for away teams, Dunfermline actually sits second bottom of that. So the pointers at the moment point towards a, a, a Morton victory, but, you know, stats and things like that can mean nothing coming into games but Dunfermline really haven't looked great in the last four games four straight losses they did have a good spell sort of between October and December and that really picked them up the table but four defeats in a row and they'll be a bit down but they'll also have been a bit worried during the week because Greg Kilty got recalled by Kilmarnock and he was a player that was really helping them and he got recalled but they found out yesterday that Dom Thomas had agreed a loan move, so he's now come from Kilmarnock to replace Greg Kilty. Very impressive last season when he was on loan at Dumbarton. I think he scored 14 goals in League One, and he'll fill that spot. He actually comes straight into the starting lineup to fill that spot that Greg Kilty leaves. So I think that's another exciting prospect for Dunfermline fans, and he'll certainly help the goals tally of uh, Kevin Nisbet up front, who has been absolutely prolific for the past two years really yeah top scoring Scott of 2019 in case you'd forgotten 34 goals he's already got 15 in the league this season uh, so he clearly carries the biggest goal threat for Dunfermline the signing of Don Thomas Andrew I wonder just how important that could be for Dunfermline these teams that are all bunched in so tightly in that division it might just be 
about who does the best piece of business And often when you get a player from the top flight on loan It's because he's not had any football at all But Don Thomas has played quite a lot of football for Kilmarnock in, in, in recent times Maybe mostly off the bench But still been involved in the you know the Saturday afternoon selection So that, that could be an important signing for Dunfermline Yeah it really could be And I think quite often you can tell the story by just looking at the responses on social media and when Kilmarnock had confirmed that Don Thomas had come to Dunfermline on loan there was actually quite a lot of unhappy Kilmarnock fans they were hoping that Greg Kilty was coming back to, to add to a squad and bolster and give them more options but there was quite a few that were unhappy that Don Thomas is being allowed to leave and not only does he provide that creativity from a wide area he also bags goals as well and really could be vital for them. You look at Ryan Dow, who'll be playing on the other side, he's another player that's capable of not only creating chances and bagging goals and you know, there's plenty of room for improvement for all those three players or three guys that including Kevin Nisbet, all, all younger guys as well who, you know, plenty of room for improvement and, and Cran grab goals Morton, I think, they, they thought they'd found a goal scorer at the start of the season, Bob McHugh had started the season well, I think he had nine goals but he's out injured at the moment and they're having to rely on John Sutton who you may remember had to be coaxed out of retirement to join up with the Morton squad this season. He was part of their backroom staff. He's, uh, I think he was a youth coach actually for them, but he's now starting up front. And um, that might be a worry for Morton that they don't quite have that goal scorer, although John Sutton did score last time out for them. Here is your weather update in the Scottish Championship. Alloa against their broth is off. Dundee against Air United is off. Inverness against Queen of the South also off. So that leaves Morton, Dunfermline and Partick Thistle, Dundee United. In Scottish League 1, Dumbarton against Clyde and Stranraer against Montrose, both postponed as well. And two games in League 2, Cowdenbeath, Albion Rovers and Stilling Albion against Cove Rangers, all off due to waterlogged pitches. Even the games that are on, as we heard Andrew McLean saying, you know, still uh, worth keeping an eye on in case the rain gets any worse. The same at all the venues that survived this afternoon. What it did mean is we had to think on our feet. We had to reroute Fraser Wishart. There weren't many other suitable fixtures. So we sent him to keep an eye on our very own Mark Wilson struggling down there at the bottom of League 2 with Brecon and they go to Stenhouse Muir uh, this afternoon. F- Fraser, and we talk about the January window and, and how important it could be. You know, you know, listening to Mark or guys operating at that level, you're really dealing in a completely different market. You know, I think Greg Spence comes and plays for Stenhouse Muir against Brecon this afternoon. Uh, that was a player that Mark maybe hoped he could get or, or wanted to get, but... The sums of money involved are, are, are pretty small and sometimes there's very little you can do. I know you look at Celtic Rangers being linked with, with players and it might just be a few extra thousand pounds in the, the wage packet. They might sway they go one way or the other. Down at this level it might be an extra 50 quid in the wage packet. That means a player goes to Stenhousemuir rather than Brecon or Cowdenbeath or, or whatatever. It, it's football for fun. They get paid a, a wee bit of money as part-time players but their commitment is absolutely huge because they're expected to perform and rightly so. They're playing at professional level and just because you play for Stenia or Brecon doesn't mean you're a bad footballer. They're actually very good footballers. Uh, compared to, to the rest of us sitting around uh, watching the games. But they, they, they do rely, not rely on, but they like to have that wee bit of extra money from playing professional football. And, and so at this kind of level, losing this game could be a disaster, particularly for Brecon. You know, they would go, I think, uh, certainly three or four points, or, sorry, five points, I think, off the bottom to uh, two teams above them if they lose the game. And it's very much like livelihoods and perhaps even just the club 
the livelihood at stake. I said earlier about Berry Rangers relegated last year and sitting in the bottom half of the Lowland League. Will we see them again? Possibly not. East Stirling have been down for a number of years. They're near the top of the Lowland League, but really struggling despite spending big money to get back up. So it, it's so, so important for these clubs that they stay here. And it's, it's remarkable. When you think of breaking two years ago, we're playing in the Championship and that disastrous season when they only get four points, four draws out of 36 games, relegated last season again, and they're sitting here staring at a relegation, which is pretty much oblivion for, for, for these clubs. And it's a wee bit dramatic, but uh, really difficult for, for, for these teams. And I think the players will be nervous because they're bottom of the league. None of them are playing particularly well. Only two wins since two wins in early, early December for Breaking at one point in the last three games. Steny have lost five in a row. That's why they're at the bottom of the table. But I'm just hoping you get a few goals. You rarely get a nil-nil here, although Mark Wilson did mention that to me earlier on. He said, I heard you were coming. I thought, oh God, a nil-nil. Wish it's here. But I think there'll be goals here today. I'm looking forward to it. Kickoffs are coming next. We're going to go back to Partick Thistle against Dundee United after these. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. First full time whistle of the day goes at Firhill. Let's get the story with Alison and Roger. Full time at Firhill. Partick Thistle 1, Dundee United 4. A bad day for Ian McCall and his Jag side as the leaders stretch that gap at the top of the Championship. Partick Thistle looked a better team in the opening stages. Then after Nicky Clark set up, Lauren Shankland and Scott Fox somehow kept it out the net. Dundee United burst into life. And it was just a minute after that that Lauren Shankland opened the scoring, heading in at the near post from Nicky Clark's corner. Adrian Sporrell then made it 2-0 before the break, tapping in from Declan Glass's cross. Lauren Shanklin didn't waste much time making it 3-0 on the hour mark. He was given so much time and space to fire into the bottom corner. It was just six minutes later that he completed his perfect hat-trick to make it 4-0. Sporrow's cross and Shanklin fired in from 12 yards out. Partick Thistle huffed and puffed, but they managed to grab a consolation just before full time. Kenny Miller firing in to the back of the net. But it's Dundee United who leave with the point after Lauren Shanklin's hat-trick. Full time Partick Thistle 1, Dundee United 4. Roger Hanna, scoreline aside, it was the manner of Partick Thistle's defeat that will really get to Ian McCall. Yeah, it certainly was. And we're only at January the 10th, Alison, but you can give the Championship trophy to Robbie Nielsen. You can give Championship Player of the Year award to Lauren Shanklin. And please, will somebody give Ian McCall some new players? Because if he doesn't get fresh blood into this Firhill squad this week, Thistle are in real danger of going down. Full time at Fairhill. It did finish. Partick Thistle 1, Dundee United 4. Partick Thistle fans, what do you make of that? Give us a call. Just since we were talking about it, that goal did get ruled out in the end for Leicester, so they haven't equalised at all. It's finished between Stenhouse Muir and Mark Wilson's Breakin City. Fraser Wishup. Stenhouse Muir 2, Breakin City 2, point apiece. Well done to the players on both sides. They put in a pretty entertaining game in difficult conditions. Wind was blowing, it was a bit wet at times, but Breakin took the lead and then had to come from behind to grab a vital point. Steny, the better of the early stages. McGuigan came close a number of occasions. Strike partner Greg Spence also just shot wide, but they couldn't get the goal. And the breaking went in at the break, one up with a goal from young Oliver Hamilton, the winger on loan from St Johnson. Paul Allen put him through, one and one with the goalkeeper. Excellent finish by the young lad to lob over advancing Graham Smith. And he'd come close on a couple of other occasions in the first half. In the second half, that certainly gave his team a lift. And then a number of corners in the first ten minutes or so of the second half breaking. But as the game went on, Steny then got a grip of it and pushed breaking back. Callum Cook inches wide from 20 yards before Lewis McMinn in the breaking goal made an excellent save from the ever-dangerous Mark McGuigan. Then his strike partner Greg Spence testing McMinn on the angle from the right and the keeper saved with his feet from an Andy Monroe head, header and Breakin were really on the rack and it was no surprise 64 minutes when Stennis Muir equalised. Jonathan Tiffany returned a cleared corner into the six-yard box as the Breakin City defence
defence stood still, Skipper Munro ran in to head home from six yards. Augustinus Muir and they deserve to go ahead on 80 minutes. Winger David Hopkirk went past a couple of defenders on the right-hand side and smashed the ball high past Lewis McMahon. You couldn't see Beacon coming back at this stage, but they did in the 84th minute against the run of play. Young Hamilton again involved. He found space inside the box. His low shot looked as if it was goal-bound, but there was a slight touch by skipper and sub Paul McManus into the back of the net to make sure that Brecon City picked up a valuable point. As we were at the bottom of League 2, I think Mark Wilson will be fairly happy with a point given the outcome of the game. Full-time Oakleview, Stennis Muir 2, Brecon City 2. We've had a late goal at Capelo and the full-time whistle as well, Andrew McLean. Yeah, Martin 3, Dunfermline 2, the full-time score from Capelo and the home side come from behind with three headers to get all three points here. Dunfermline, they dominated the early exchanges. Don Thomas lined up a free kick from a tight angle. It looked to be going towards the top corner, but Danny Rogers beat it away. Kevin Nisbet then had one saved. Uh, from inside the box and then they got the goal that they deserved at that point around 22 minutes in Danny Rogers saved an initial effort from Gabby McGill the goalkeeper couldn't hold on to it though and Ewan Murray was there to tap home into the empty net for 1-0 but almost straight after that goal Morton were the side on top Lewis Strap had a powerful near post effort saved by Ryan Scully and Jim McAllister had a header from a corner saved and just before half time they got their first goal a good deep cross by Luca Koval it was headed back across the box by Robbie Muirhead and that was into the path of Kyle Jacobs who headed well into the bottom corner after that it was all about who wanted it more in the second half as the conditions got worse and Morton set their stall out quickly after the break another cross from Luca Colville this time headed straight into the back of the net by Jim McAllister Ryan Dowden had a couple of efforts deflected behind at the other end before Morton got all three points in the bag Nicky Cadden Across five minutes from time Kyle Jacobs with a close range header the goalkeeper probably could have done better but it squeezed home for 3-1 and Dunfermline got a late consolation and what a goal it was an unbelievable free kick right footed and it was reversed and whipped into the top corner by Kevin Nisbet I'm sure you'll see that one floating about social media over the next week or so an absolutely brilliant goal but Morton get the win and join Dunfermline on 25 points are both and Queen of the South both have that same tally as well the full time score from Capolo Morton 3 Dunfermline 2 so that late goal from Kevin Nisbet Not enough to change the outcome That miserable run for Dunfermline uh, Goes on Roger Hanna's still with us From Firhill Roger, forgive me I was multitasking Did you mention a man of the match? If you didn't I assume it was Lauren Shankland Yes, it was the easiest decision Of the entire season, Gordon He was outstanding And I know there's a lot of chat in the show Earlier on about Who takes the midfield roles If there's no McGinn There's no McTominay It sounds ridiculous That a guy playing in the second tier Of Scottish football Could be important to Scotland In a Euro 2020 playoff He's playing so well just now Steve Clark has to keep him in the squad and could well involve him against Israel you would have to see he was so superior to anyone else on the pitch Ian McCall didn't need to be told how good he was he's seen it with his own eyes at United season upon season um, was it fate the words he spoke in midweek about you know Shankling going through a two game drought no drought this afternoon yeah I mean Hugh Keevans has actually got Purely down to the fact that Ian McCall mentioned that um, so it, was, it was nothing to do with Shanklin's ability It was Ian McCall's fault you, you don't tempt fate You're inviting disaster And disaster struck Not once, as they say in the band Not, not twice, once, not twice, but three times so, Someone said today, Hugh, it was fate Both fate and he's heat as well, <laughs> well That's the thing, it was the, it was the perfect hat-trick, wasn't it, Roger? Yeah, absolutely terrific I mean, McCall will be furious at the first goal They've left him unattended at near post And he's glanced in a corner from Nicky Clark The second goal, though, he's run 30 yards He's run past two or three tackles And slammed one past Scott Fox in the bottom corner Ooh. Oh, we've lost him. Mm-hmm. 
Cut down in his prime But he got to the end of the sentence And his third Maybe. one was a ball in from the right wing And he headers it, he rises above the party Thistle defence and headers it for a part, uh, perfect hat-trick Now before the Partick Thistle fans contemplate phoning in And asking for the manager's head There is uh, the Southampton manager Joyfully celebrating with his players After beating Leicester at the King Power Stadium Three months after Leicester had taken his side apart 9-0 at Southampton So Southampton stuck by their manager That night I thought, well, it's automatic He's lost 9-0, he'll either resign or he'll be sacked But they persevered and now look at him Up to 12th in the English Premiership yeah. Well done him Yeah Okay, uh, do some full-time scores for you at the moment then Do them before the break Which we don't always do in the Scottish Championship Just the two games Morton 3, Dunfermline 2 Partick Thistle 1 Dundee United 4 So three of the other games all off Alloa are both Dundee, Ayr and Inverness Queen of the South All postponed due to waterlogged pitches In Scottish League 1 East 5, 2 Airdrie 2 4 for 1 Wraith 1 And Peterhead 1 Falkirk 3 Stranraer against Montrose And Dumbarton against Clyde Was off due to a waterlogged pitch You're seeing a bit of a theme Developing here in League 2 And nil Elgin 4 Edinburgh City 1 Queen's Park 2 And Stenhouse Muir 2 Brecon City 2 Cowdenbeath Albion Rovers And Stirling Albion Cove Off due to waterlogged pitches In the English Premier League Crystal Palace 1 Arsenal 1 Chelsea 3 Burnley 0 Everton 1 Brighton 0 Leicester 1 Southampton 2 Man United 4 Norwich 0 And Wolves 1 Newcastle 1 Spurs against Liverpool To come At half past 5 Now it is over to you This is where you take centre stage And let us know What's on your mind Whether you were at a game today What did you make of it If you were Partick Thistle fans How bad was it Where do you go from here Are you panicking yet Or are you seeing Still signs of encouragement Lauren Shanklin Just how good was he Can we again Reopen that discussion About what level he goes on to Or whether he leads the line For Scotland After his hat-trick today Morton fans I'm sure you'll be delighted With your result And if your team is Sunning themselves Then why not get in touch And let us know What you've made Of this transfer window So far What are you hoping to achieve By the end of January Maybe compare it To your best ever January signing Because we've been talking About those throughout the afternoon The open line is next The floor is yours 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans, Gordon DL and Alex Ray are here to take your calls I believe Roger Hanna is going to join us from Firhill as well If we can get his technical error, um, his technical problem cleaned up I'm sure we will Let's get your thoughts in on the phones then nice and quick 01419511025 if you're a Partick Thistle fan, where did it all go wrong today? How bad is the overall picture? Or do you take a more pragmatic look at things, look at the overall form and be a bit more relaxed than you might normally be after a hammering at home? Um, what about Morton fans? You'll be happy. Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, all the top flight, most of them away on their holidays. So what about the transfer window then? What are you hoping to achieve? What's it been like so far? Who's your best ever January signing? Because that's what you're trying to compare it to. What should be on the minds of the listeners today, Hugh? If you're a Partick Thistle fan, you're you're feeling despondent. Uh, but there are six teams in that championship who could all go down. Alloa begin to look ever so slightly isolated now. Uh, Morton, by virtue of their win today, goes seven points away from Alloa. Good day for Morton. 
bit of a momentum there You know they went to our broth last week Got a good result Alec 2-1 away from home Good result against Dunfermline today They have momentum A bit of self-belief But for Dunfermline Five defeats on the bounce They're in trouble Three wins out of the last four uh, For Morton You're absolutely right In terms of momentum And uh, Partick Thistle Need to get some bodies in Because they need to try and catch that little pack above them. You're absolutely right about Alawa. Alawa look as if they've got a game in hand as well, so they'll be looking to try and nick maximum points. But for me, the, the problem with Alawa is, is is trying to kind of get consistency. Yeah, I think Alawa will struggle. Of course, they will. They're down the bottom there. They've played twenty games, eighteen points. I would rule him out. I'm sorry, Peter Grant. I think he's uh, working as hard as he possibly can, but his hands are tied. He's at a part-time club. He's against full-time. Clubs with very, very good players and better budgets. It's who goes into the playoffs for me. And I do honestly think the Partick Thistle right now are in right trouble. Now, if they do get the two times. Even signs, though the form's not been too bad going into today. Forget form, it's where you are in the league, Gordon. It's as simple as that. You can turn around but with. Daz, if you didn't have that form, you mm. would be doing below Alloway. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but as it, we keep saying, as it stands, Alec, yeah. They've, they've won how many games? Six out of 11 now right. Drawn two of them Yeah They're second bottom If the league finished today They're in the playoffs Yeah Right So so as much as you go For them You look at them Dunfermline They're sitting in fifth And they've lost five In the, the bounds So their mm. form's not been that great I just think Partick need Those players in If they do I think it's two quality players They'll have enough Okay let's get on the phones then 0141-951-1025 Manpreet's first up He's a Partick Thistle fan From Mary Hill What did you make of it today? Uh, I was at the game myself today And it was more of a case of If like you were saying about the signs If we've got a proper striker You probably would have won that today There's two or three chances Before Shankland initially scored That on another day We go two or three up Before Shankland scores for the corner uh, yeah, and then you've got you've got the contrast staring you in the face, man, Preet, don't you? Because at the other end you've got a guy that scores three, so that sometimes that that even it sort of rubs salt in the wind, so to speak. Uh, that that is the difference because even Shankland's goals, some of them are just like the the, the third goal. I think not the second goal is just pure basic defending. He's been given about thirty yards to him, pretty much at the defence. Even the first goal, he's ran off somebody at the front post, which we've not dealt with enough at corners this season. Like the amount of goals you've conceded from balls into the box. A free header from a striker is yeah. a so joke. Is this about trying to find someone to to help Kenny Miller? You see him more than we do. I mean, the, the sort of stats look okay from he's forty year old and he's playing every league game. At some point, he scored ten, which is it's not amazing, but it's clearly not bad either. Does he need a bit of help? I think as Miller that he needs to go. Like as much as obviously Miller's done a good job, he scored ten goals. I think today's missed like the amount of settles he missed. He's probably should probably be on about fifteen, sixteen. Mm. With the amount of open goals he's missed Like I'm not even Like being lenient here He's genuinely missed Open goal settles Like today Other absolute open goal I just had it first time Takes a touch Goal he gets back in I think I think so, we had a Partick Thistle fan A few weeks ago Manfred Was saying that They'd need another striking option uh, And it's to mix up games uh, If you're relying on one player Constantly And he does, he's not doing it Then you need to freshen things up I think that's one of the reasons Why they're trying to sign Rudden yeah, there's also the thing I keep hearing, Manpreet, from people who see Thistle more than I do, is that he, Kenny Miller, often drops does, deep, does a lot of his work elsewhere, drops deep, tries to get on the ball. Is that something you notice? I it, it kind of limits Jones because I, I think obviously Jones hasn't been like he's not banging them in like as everybody hoped. But mm-hmm. Jones a lot of the time is just a punt ball down the wing, and then when he does hold it up, or when Zanat and Cardo beat their man in the wing, they try and find a man and 
Kenny Miller's pretty much beside the, the two central midfielders and they're like, what what chance have you got? Like, fair enough, he's a good player and it's there, but he drops too deep and then in the box we've got most of the time nobody there. I, I, I find it a bit surprising that we're talking about a player with the experience he's got. He drops deep, yeah, I understand that. I remember watching him uh, his late stages at Rangers and he was dropping deep and trying to go on the ball and, and, and work things from there. But, He's returned his 10 goals, Gordon. It's, it's not yeah. a bad return. Yeah, but you, you do have to bow to the people who watch him all the time, though. Mm-hmm. And if 10, 10's good, but if you should have 20 and you've got 10, then it's, yeah, it's, not, but, it's but, not as good. But uh, see, finding the, the Shanklins of this world to get in the Championship and hit you 25, 30 goals a season, it's very, very difficult. Everybody wants one of those, yeah. but sometimes it's very difficult to find them. And at this moment in time, Partick have not got that striker It's up to Ian to go out there and say Right, I need that striker That, as as the caller said there We're creating chances, which is a good sign Can you get somebody in the box That will put the chances in the back of the net? But I don't think you can just look at Kenny Miller Because I think Kenny Miller's doing his part With 10 goals One thing that Manfred has not done Contrary to expectation He hasn't called for the manager's head I think if, if there's a official fan right now What Nicole gone is Like that is baffling I think how we'll even Obviously we're only three points Our fifth place right How will this close with the squad we had While McCall took over Is a miracle Because yeah. our squad We had one 39 year old striker right? Lewis Mantle Like I don't know if, I know if you hear, it, hear this right But he's not a fit player right So we've got one 39 year old striker Who McCall had to work with And we were I think everybody expected us to be dead and buried We're all over now I think Seven, I, eight points behind everybody else But we're not with three points yeah, in it I think that's one of the, the things That's become evident For the Partick Thistle fans That have come on the show They've actually said That the group of players That he's inherited uh, You know I've often spoke about You know the, the quality That's there Hugh Because yeah. we've, we've looked Over the last 18 months or so At the, the, the squad they have It hasn't materialised In the summer they've done Like a total refreshing job Brought in a lot of different players Hasn't worked either This January is going to be pivotal to team McCall and where they go forward Manpreet the names like Zach Rudden and Darren McKinnon do they fill you with a bit of optimism going forward uh, Rudden does McKinnon not so much but then today I think McKinnon just sitting in front of the defence would have been the perfect one because the amount of times the ball turned over from us having a ball into the box turned over from I don't know who it was but they had, they had a midfield three and Bannigan and Cole could only do so much but because we've not got like a, a holding midfielder or if I so fans listen, it's an Abdul Osman in the 16-17 season. There's nobody to sit in front and protect. Yes, uh, it's that balance, Hugh, that every every team's striving to get. But sometimes when you get to January, you realise where your your glaring holes are. Oh, it's now about dungarees and not dinner jackets. <laughs> and uh, Darian McKinnon represents dungarees. Uh, and he'll be very much required in that area of the park. And if Zach Rutten and Kenny Miller, I don't care how many sitters he's missed, He's still yeah. got 10 Periodically Kenny Miller Will nick the goal That will make sure That you avoid mm. the playoffs Manpreet Good man Thank you for kicking us off tonight Make sure you give us a call back sometime That was Manpreet A Thistle fan from Mary Hill Looking back on that 4-1 defeat To Dundee United I don't think we can Cross over and speak to Roger Hanna Just yet But he's he's there he's, He was at the game So you can give us the Eyewitness account Of what went on at Firhill This afternoon It was a hat-trick For Lawrence Shankland As well So he's keeping up His impressive goal tally At this time on a Saturday We always get the Immediate manager Reaction 
Uh, and I'm pleased to say Mark Wilson joins us on the line, having watched his Brecon side draw to all at Stenhouse Muir. Mark, how are you? All right, guys. Oh, stressed. Stressed <laughs> in my head. <laughs> hey, Talk escape from Alcatraz today. Wait to be the pundit on Thursday, you'll be worse. <laughs> what, was, it, was, it that, was that the case then, Mark? Do you feel as if you were lucky to nick a point then? Aye, aye. Listen, go to jail. There's no, there's no dressing it up, I'm afraid. Um, I, th- I thought we weren't, we weren't at it today at all. Um, we took the lead. Uh, we had a decent goal and then we just invited pressure on. Uh, conceded two and I, pff, it didn't look good for us. But oh, listen, the boys dug in. A point's not a disaster away from home in the position we're at. Um, but that was... Uh, Steny had a lot of chances Let's put it that way And our goalkeeper Made a few good saves you've, so. Matt you've got to be pleased with, uh, with the response Having gone 2-1 down Because obviously A couple of It was the end of November You, you lost 2-1 So at least I've responded And you've got away with a point It gives you something to build on Aye exactly I mean that's what I said to the boys I said to them in there That you know I'm not being too harsh on them But I know they're better players Than what they showed today And I thought Today was an opportunity You know with Andy Jackson Coming in as well Who I thought done particularly well To, to go out and actually Get the three points So it shows the you know the level we're at that we're disappointed um, with just a point but uh, listen it's it's no disaster like you say Alex it's when you play poorly and you get away with a point um, to a team it's your scrap relegation with it isn't it isn't too bad a day But I'm uh, just frustrated without being unfair though is there a psychological barrier to overcome because if you're a at the bottom of the league You're not used to being In winning positions And you talk about Taking the lead And doing well But then inviting pressure But is that maybe part of it That there's a, a Confidence thing there I think so You're right I mean We don't often take the lead You're right Gordon Thanks for Thanks for bringing I that up I was being serious I was being sincere No I know, no, I, know I know But at times um, I, In the second half Where we went out And you know We're getting them, the guys Information to go And try and take the game To them And I felt we sat in Too much And just invited Too much pressure on And you know I was building the, You could see it A mile away That the goal was coming For Steny And uh, and soon as that happened And then They went to uh, we, we changed the shape And you know We put on a striker Who's who's done well for us And he, he nicks a goal So You know Lessons to be learned But not a disaster What's life like In the transfer window At at that level of the game Mark Because we get obsessed with Who's the marquee signings Who's the big money names That are coming in And the whole point of this break Is is good for us We get to shine a light on Aspects of the Scottish game That maybe don't get the coverage What's the transfer window like When you arrive at a club And you, you take over Not mid-season But after the start of the season You've maybe used all your loans You're desperate to bring more players in There's clearly not A lot of money And then whatever money you do have you're maybe competing with other teams who might just quite simply be in a better part of the country to attract a player that you want or offer them that, that extra slight bit. How difficult is it? It's it's very hard. I mean, obviously the league position we're in doesn't help things and people automatically look at that and go, oh, listen, I don't fancy that. So that's that's a hard sale. And you're right, Gordon, at this level that we're at just now, the, the travelling does become an issue. I know people will be listening and going, oh, I don't believe that. You know, you're getting paid to play football. But... At this level, it does. You know, people want to stay in the central belt. They when they want to travel to the northeast, um, and that becomes a challenge. But you know, that's that's the job I've got in my hands. You know, I, I, you know, we've got a wee bit of money to work with to try and get some players in, and it's up to me to convince them. Um, and I believe we one or two additions. And when I say additions, you're right. I've got no loans left, so you need to you need to almost wait and people been fed up sitting on their bench at their their club just now and come to some agreement that they maybe get half their money if you like and then you know come to come to teams who are looking to sign out of contract players and that's the position that's the start reality uh 
the transfer window in the war leagues. It's a difficult time, you know, you're never off the phone trying to get people in, but listen, it's enjoyable uh, in, a, in a weird sort of way. It's enjoyable. <laughs> there we go. That's the glamour that you don't see. Mark Wilson, get yourself up the road. We'll see you on Thursday evening. Cheers, guys. See um, you. Thank you very much. Thank you also to Fraser Wishart. Fraser, we'll bid you farewell after your dramatic afternoon. Your game was off. We rerouted you to keep an eye on Mark Wilson. So enjoy your drive home. Drive carefully. Let's see if we can get Roger Hanna back. Are you still with us, Roger? Are you back yes, with us? Back okay. with you, Gordon. Delighted to see. We, we missed you there. We had a very passionate. Um, Partick Thistle fan on Not hitting the panic button By any means Just talking about the Perhaps the, the holes In the, the team The lack of quality That were shown up today Let's hear from Ian And Bears Den He's a, a Thistle fan Let's see what he makes of it What did you think today Ian? Well first of all uh, You know I've been on A few times in the past yeah. um, And just with Like the Michelle guys A very happy new year And all the best yeah, Thanks Ian um, I was at the game today uh, Afraid to say I walked out at 3-0 Um for the first half hour, I thought we were the better side. Um, we had probably a few chances. And I listened to the last caller, the Thistle fan, criticising Kenny Miller. He did miss a few, but to be fair, they probably the best goalkeeper in the division. Uh, first time I've seen the guy, and he was outstanding today. I don't know where they got him from, but he's probably the best keeper in the division. No one scores 100%. Chances to get. Miller has never been one for scoring, same as Alan McCoy. He probably gets maybe one out of eight. Well, I scored one today, probably had maybe three chances, so I think he's getting a bit harsh on him. Mm. Um, Let's get Roger Hanna's take on some of the things you mentioned. Uh, what do you make of Ian's assessment, Roger? Uh, Ian's assessment was right. I said it myself at half-time. For the first half-hour, Partick Thistle were probably the better side. It would be interesting to see what would have happened if Dario Zanata had taken one of the couple of chances or Kenny had taken his chance that Segrist saved. Ian's correct, Segrist is the best goalkeeper in the division by a distance and looks as if he's a boy who could go on and play at a higher level. He's a very good goalkeeper. But, you know, I think it's unfair for Kenny Miller to, to, to be attracting any criticism from the Thistle supporters because it's a poor Thistle team and if Kenny Miller's not scoring the goals you wonder who is going to score the goals Alec Jones started up front in the first half hooked at half time for a left back there are other attacking options in the bench that Ian McCall chose not to utilise today probably because he's used them in the past to very little effect so Zach Rudden if he comes in on Monday will be straight into the Thistle team alongside Kenny Miller so that's something you're looking forward to, Ian, the potential for reinforcements to arrive? No one needs a bit of help. I was quite surprised to take Jones off, to be honest. I thought he did not a bad job leading the line. Uh, to bring take him off and bring on a, a left-back, when you're 2-0 down uh, against a team where you were in top of for 30 minutes, actually baffled me a wee bit. I don't know whether it was a case of, let's not get embarrassed for the scoreline because Celtic are coming here next week. Uh, if that was the case, it backfired. And I really do uh, worry about if Celtic rejuvenated after the re-Dubai break and want to prove something after being beaten to Rangers, I think we, we could be in the wrong end of a good, a good chaining next Saturday. Roger? Yeah, I, I would worry like that, Ian, I have to say, because when it went, I know you say you left at three, when it went to four, you really wondered just exactly what, you know how it was going to finish. I saw Thistle down at Somerset Park earlier in the season when they lost four. Very similar game. They lost four reasonably early in the game and you worried for them. And Ian McCall will be desperate to get reinforcements in because this side, they're short on quality, but they're really, really short on confidence and belief at the minute as well. What about the change that, that Ian mentions at half-time? The, the thought process behind it, the effectiveness of that change, is that where Ian McCall maybe would come in for a bit of criticism? 
I don't know. I, but I haven't spoken to Ian after the game. Alison Conroy is there speaking to him just now. I don't know whether Alec Jones was injured and he used it just to try and change the team about. He went to 4 2 3 1. He pushed James Penrice into a holding role in midfield. He tried to get Reese Cole, who's been playing well during his loan spell from Brentford, tried to get him closer to Kenny Miller up top. But really by that stage they were up against it they were two down and, and you did worry that they would overcome it going forward and be caught in the break and a couple of times that's exactly what happened and when you're 4-0 down at home to a rampant United side who are now I think 17 points clear at the top of the division it really just summed up all the problems that Partick are finding this season We will hear from Ian McCall and Robbie Nielsen very soon Ian, the, the names like Zach Rudden like Darian McKinnon if they're the ones that we assume will arrive are those positions that you feel particularly need addressed? The striking option and maybe a bit of aggression in midfield? We definitely need a striker. I don't know who good Rodden is. Uh, as for McKinnon, I would grab him in a minute. Uh, he's, he's like a... No, as I say, an 80% Scott Brown. That's what I would class him as. And uh, we're desperately needing someone like that in the middle of the park. Yeah, I mean, if Zach Rodden does come to fruition, Roger, you're just hoping he does what he did for Falkirk last season. A bad Falkirk team as well, worth remembering. He goes there as an 18-year-old who's not really played top-flight football into a bad, struggling team and scores a lot of goals. So, if you need McCall, you're hoping that he can replicate that. Yeah, and I can understand the frustration of Ian and the rest of the Thistle fans tonight. If you take a step back though, and look at the big picture, with Infernland losing at Capelo this afternoon, Thistle are still only three points from the top half of the league. It's not going to... You know, take an enormous turnaround in their fortunes. They've got good players here, but they're just short of confidence. They've taken too many blows in the first half of the season. I think if they can get someone like Rudden to punch them a goal, someone like McKinnon, just not even in the pitch, but in the training ground through the week, in the dressing room, to, to drag people along with them. I think Thistle have the, the quality to get themselves out of this mess, but, you know, you've seen good teams go down before. Yeah, it's difficult not to. Get hysterical after a, a good win or a bad defeat, Ian. So if if you were to try and sort of take a breath and, and look at the bigger picture, as Roger mentions there, with only being three points off the top half, that must give you room for a bit of encouragement and, and maybe tell you that it's too early to be panicking. I wouldn't say encouragement. I would say a glimmer of hope was probably a bit yeah. precisely more way of to, to, to say it. But to say they've got a lot of good players at Fur Hill. Um, I can't really say who the lot of good players are. I would say we've got half a team at the moment. What I would say, what I was meaning Ian, was guys with good reputations who have played well at this level before. On paper, it looks a good team. You know, you, the likes of Stephen Saunders at the back has played for Scotland before. You know, a few years ago, the the guys. You know, and you look at Bannigan who's just got another new contract from Thistle last week, highly rated by the fans. Joe Cardo's been a good player at this level for years. Kenny Miller has been a good player at a much higher level for years so there's quality you would think but at the minute they're not fulfilling that quality and they're not you know they're, they're just not doing it on the pitch now for Ian McCall Thank you Ian and Bears Den we're going to hear from Ian McCall and Robbie Nielsen like I said what about you fans of teams who didn't play today Celtic fans Rangers fans Aberdeen Hibs Hearts Mullerwell anyone in the top flight who's not involved you can deal with your transfer hopes and fears. What about your best January signing? Who would you ideally, and I know it's hypothetical, who would you ideally like to emulate? Who's the best ever January signing you've made? 01419511025, and we could be speaking to you next. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Gordon DL, Alex Ray, and Roger Hanna here to take your calls. You're spoiled for choice. So let us know what's on your mind tonight. Were you at a game today? Was your team playing? If so, what did you make of it? What was good? What was bad? What was somewhere in the middle? And if your team's away on their holidays or their warm weather training at the moment, let us know what you hope to achieve when they come back. Transfer window is upon us. Top flight clubs, that'll be the main issue for you at the moment with no games. So what was your best ever January signing? What's the one that you would just simply love to emulate this time around? 0141-951-1025. Let's hear from some of today's managers though. Ian McCall on the wrong end of a 4-1 home defeat to Dundee United. Here's what he had to say at full time. For the first half an hour we thought that, that was the best we've played at Fulham and we were terrific. Should have been ahead in the game but when you pick a, a very attacking team we're a bit armstrong, we had to go with that and uh, it makes, you know, when you don't get the first goal it makes it a bit harder. We should have been ahead in the game and then after that second half were really poor and, you know, they've got a centre forward that could play any team in Scotland and he's playing in the, the Championship so it was, it was tough going in the second half for our fans. Is there a frustration given that you you were the better team for the first half now the way you lost the opening goal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a set play and, you know, we knew, we know that... Uh, you know they were. They have got sizable players that set plays, and you need to get closer to people. And and, and we didn't do that. So and and you know, and once his second or third goal, whatever, it was a was a mistake from us. So the but the most frustrating thing was that you know I thought there was an awful lot to like about how we played and half for half an hour, and that's that's a third of the game. And but you've got to be one, maybe even two goals up, and the whole game changes then. And then United have to come out, but you know the back line is is very well coached and. Um, that played into our hands in the first night because they play a higher line and we've got beyond them loads of times. But uh, after that, it was the second half was just, for our point of view, was just a non-event. How important is it that you get some new faces in in January? Well, listen, I mean, the, the, we've been on a good run. I mean, that's only that's a third loss in eleven games, but it was a sore. It's half for Hill, and you know we wanted to have a real go and make a real competitive game. And you know the two goals in the last. I don't know when it was last five or six months in the first half kind of killed it for us and we tried to change it to try and get the next one didn't happen and it was a sore day in the second half Roger Hanna how does his assessment fit yours? Yeah I, I think he's very fair as, as I said at half time they were the better team for half an hour gone and, and you know they need to take a chance at that stage if they can score first either Dario Zanata or Kenny Miller it becomes a different game but the fact that they were denied by Benjamin Segrest so often they then score from that set piece and United are a team with momentum you are quoting that they're under on is that now six successive away wins yep. in the yep. championship they've won 11 out of 12 now they're 17 points clear as soon as United scored that first goal there was never any doubt who was going to go away with the three points this afternoon and the only question in the second half once Shanklin had completed his perfect hat-trick was just exactly how many of the visitors were going to score because they were very impressive they were slick their passing was good they're a confident team they look a team that not only is going to win this championship by a mile but could come up and consolidate quite comfortably in the Premiership next season if they can keep this team together There's only one incentive for Partick this one now and that is to survive to avoid any playoff uh, against the team who finishes second bottom of the Premiership. Ian McCall didn't sound like a man ready to press any panic buttons. He knows he's got good players coming in next week. Uh, the Celtic Cup tie, what will be, will be. Uh, that's not anything approaching the be-all and end-all for Partick Thistle. Um, it's league matches. And do they have enough to survive? Yes. Do they have enough to avoid the playoff altogether? Yes. Let's hear from Robbie Nielsen. 
pleased to get the result. You know, I thought the first 25 minutes we were, weren't it great, you know, it wasn't a great game, and then we actually got a bit of control and game change, the, the game changes on the goal. Great for Lawrence to get a hat trick, you know, but a wee bit of downer on today just with, with Nicky Clark, you know, it's disappointing that he got up to the hospital tonight and it looks like he might be out for a, an extended period. So, great result, but. You know, look at the bigger picture. He's been a big, big player for us, not just on the pitch but in the dressing room. Is it his ankle? Uh, well, we're not sure actually. No doc looked at it, so we'll just see how it does the next couple of days. Shankland's a perfect hat trick as well. He's, I know he's gone a couple of games. Like, is it, is it uh, well, he was, a drought for him? He's been speaking like during the week about that. It's two games with a, with a goal, and he was, you know, he's pretty devastated. But he's answered it today. You know, there's no doubt, he's a. He's a top player. You know, our job is just to get the service to him and get get him in good positions, and he'll do the rest. Adrian Sporrell as well, good for him to, ah, yeah, to yeah. get his first league. You know, well, Adrian, he's, he's found it difficult coming, coming over to a different continent, you know, and settling in. Um, his girlfriend came over just at New Year, so we try and keep her here because <laughs> he's, uh, he's managed to get his on the team and get a goal as well. So I'm delighted for him. He's, he's starting to learn English, you know, he's mm-hmm. starting to get there with it, he's starting to understand what we're trying to do, which is, is important. We always knew it was going to take time for him, but I think you can see today there's definitely quality there. See, there's a, there's a serious footballing point here to be made about the benefit of having a good woman around to, to help Absolutely. your career. But I just, I'm looking at the faces across from me, and it's just not. <laughs> just, don't look I at just, my I face. I just don't want to go there, Hugh. No, I just, uh. Behind every great man, there's an even greater woman, as you'll find. Uh, so, he knows Robbie Nielsen that it's done and dusted. He can't say it, but he's got a 17 point lead now. Um, it's sad about Nicky Clark. Yeah, uh, that's a blow from here. Wish him well. Uh, it's not a disaster because he has a 17-point advantage. He has the best goal mm. scorer in the division. He has in Sporrell someone who's come in and added a new dimension. So we wish Nicky Clark a speedy recovery and well done, Dundee United, the champions elect. It's only when, not if. Roger, I'm going to take on the role of the grass in the studio. Now... Gordon DL scoffed and shook his head when you said that Dundee United could easily consolidate in the top flight. Defend yourself. Me or Roger? Roger first. Well, I've seen all of the teams in the Premiership this season. I've seen Dundee United a couple of times, including this afternoon. Dundee United could come up and I'm not going to say they would you know, qualify for Europe or make the top six. They are better. At the minute, than some of the teams in the champ, some of the teams in the bottom end of the Premiership, um, Shankland, as someone said earlier in the show, could play more or less for any team in the country. You could probably take Celtic and Rangers out of that. Shankland could go and play for Aberdeen, or Hibs, or Hearts, and would score an awful lot of goals. Um, Clark played reasonably well today before he went off for that nasty injury, but you have to credit Robbie Nielsen with the way. He's building this side, you know, he's got young Declan Glass back into the team after a loan spell at Cove. He's brought Adrian Sporrell, who scored one and created one for Shankland today. He's brought him over from Argentina, I think it was, he arrived from. Young Lewis Aperi's come through the youth system here. So's young Christopher Mochrie, who came on late in the game. They gave a debut to Dylan Powers, the young American midfielder this, this afternoon. He's building very quietly, out of the sight of all the people who only watch the Premiership on a Saturday, He's building a decent side and a decent squad. They've got pace. They are quite, as, as Ian McCall mentioned, you know, they're very well coached in defence. That they'll be annoyed that they lost that late consolation goal to Kenny Miller. And all in all, they're a very impressive side. The only problem for 
Sporrell's girlfriend from Argentina is that she's come over and she's witnessed Mary Hill in the rain <laughs> and the wind. She'll be in the she'll next play. She'll be in Glasgow Airport as we speak. She's Gordon, in the departure lounge. God, what makes you think that, that uh, they couldn't do that? Um, I think they would, with the, the team they've got, I think they would struggle. I think they'd be down near a bottom. Um, I know what Roger's saying. I think they're a champion, they're a very, very good championship team. You're right, they've got a goal scorer that can bag the goals. You've got to come up a level. It's different in the Premier League. Gone. I've been there. I've, 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 in fact, I've been there twice. I got promoted twice with Raith Rovers from the Championship. We had real, real good players at that level. We had a terrific goal scorer and uh, me. And we went up into the Premier League mm. and it's a different level. I know you can't make comparisons that accurately but mm. very rarely does the team that come up go straight back down so most of them actually do survive and yet now we've got a team that's got a 17 point gap at January and has yeah. a Lauren Shanklin so surely just just by sort of a very vague logic yeah, surely, surely, they, surely they could come up and not be in any danger whatsoever of going down uh, well I don't I don't agree with that I don't <laughs> think they would not be in danger I think that Dundee United with the present team that they've got I think they would find it very, very hard. What, what, so why is it so rare that a team but, comes up and goes straight back down? A lot worse teams than the point I'm trying to make is a lot worse teams than Dundee United come up and stay up. It could be that the team that finishes second or third bottom lose a lot of their players, so that weakens them. Whereas the team comes up, manages to keep a lot of hold. A lot of them. There's various uh, connotations. Now you look at Reynolds and uh, Conley. I watched them against St Mirren in the playoffs. I thought the two of them were really poor. So uh, uh, that is an area that they would have to strengthen, mm-hmm. you know, coming up. And, and as I said last year, St. Mary I'm not, I'm not saying you've got to rip up the full plan because I think there's d- decent enough players there. But I think when you come up a level, you need to add a little bit. Now, they may come up, Gordon, well, they will come up. They may come up and they may surprise everybody by staying there. But what I do think is when I watched them against Dundee, when I watched them against Alloa and the mistakes that some of them were making, they don't get punished at that level down in the championship. When they play against top players, uh, whether you think it's Hearts at the bottom, Hamilton, St Mirren, you know, St Johnston, Ross Counties, players at that level mm. play week in, week in at that pace and they would punish them. I think Dundee United would need to invest in a real few good yeah. players. Well, listen, I would never... Uh, have indication next week because they play Hibernia and at Tanadice in the Scottish Cup a week tomorrow so that will give Robbie Nielsen, give us all an indication of just what level United are at but I think they've got a, a lot of positives there. They need to hang on to Shanklin. Of course they do. The goalkeeper, as we said, yeah. looks a very imp- you know, a very impressive, imposing character. And I, I know what you mean about Connolly and Reynolds. They weren't yeah. tested brilliantly by Kenny Miller and Alec Jones today so that's an area they may well want to improve but I think Robbie Nielsen's got a lot of positives Okay, let's take a call from John, who's in Presswick. John's a Partick Thistle fan, must be your certainly your youngest caller today, um, but nevertheless, he's phoned up to give us his thoughts. What did you make of it, John? Uh, well, um, I thought we were dominating in the first um, like twenty-five minutes, and uh, then we just started like falling and just just like just completely dropping, um, and. Uh, missed a few open chances uh, Yes, just really did start dropping after that How much do you need a striker? John, a lot of your fellow Thistle fans who phone in think that that's part of the problem Yeah, I, I think that would be brilliant and a wee bit more like pace and uh, up the front as well 
something just a wee bit more like just I don't know a different option. <laughs> yeah. Course, yeah. Yeah, well, Roger. Having said that, if it, when you concede four at home, it tends to be a bit more about your defence than than your attack. Maybe I'm putting too much of a simple point on it. But then again, you're up against Lauren Shankland, who quite clearly has outgrown the Scottish Championship. So, how critical would you be of the Thistle defence? I, I think it's difficult to be too critical of them today. You know, this is a team in, in any league, Gordon. It shouldn't really surprise you if a team who are 17 points clear go away to the team who are second bottom of the league and win four goals to one that, that's what happens in football so I think you know if we take this game in isolation yes it was a battering for Partick in the last hour but I think you know next week as well Ian the previous caller worried about the Celtic game next week the Celtic game in the cup doesn't matter to Partick this whole season really if they lose 4-1 again next week that's not going to be a big issue for Ian McCall the big issue for Ian McCall like it was for Gary Caldwell a year ago is keeping Partick Thistle in the championship Ian McCall's a good manager I think if he gets time here at Furhill and gets two or three transfer windows he'll revitalise the team he'll revitalise the club he did it with Ayr on a much smaller budget down at Somerset Park so I think if Ian McCall gets the time he'll turn round the fortunes but all he can do now is try and get two or three players in in the remainder of this month and make sure Thistle don't go down everybody's talking about the players coming in and they're looking at the centre forward situation yeah everybody wants a goal scorer of course they do they're looking at the midfield I've looked at their against column 40 goals against should they not be looking somewhere in the defence to strengthen it because it's the most in the league you can't, you can't afford, you will not stay up in this league if you keep conceding goals. I thought they were too far too tentative. They gave Lawrence Shanklin far too much space, far too much respect this afternoon. The, the marking for the first goal, as you, you'll probably see it in social media channels over the weekend, non-existent. And then they just couldn't lay a glove on Shanklin for his second or third goal. They, they weren't close enough to him. They weren't aggressive enough with him. It, it, it was poor defending. They look a team just short of confidence completely. But people will focus on the centre half, centre half today. They started with Tam O'Ware and Stephen Saunders. They finished with Sean McGinty there and Saunders over at right back. For me, they're not getting nearly enough protection f- from the guys in front of them. Um, it was noticeable Ian changed the tactics to get a couple of holding midfield players in front of the centre halves for, for the second half. So that's obviously an area that he's worried about but you, you know yourself when you're down there you're struggling at the bottom every aspect every area of the team looks as if it's in need of a bit of revitalisation Sounds lovely at Firhill this afternoon Hugh Keevans uh, I, I just want to say to John on the line young John this game will drive you mad <laughs> John how many signings are you hoping for during this January window? Uh, like two or three Something that can make the consistency a wee bit better. I like that. A sensible number. Didn't come back and ask for 12, two or three. Sounds realistic. How good they get to next week? And they're important. Gordon DL makes a great point about the number of goals that Thistle have lost this season. Darian McKinnon will get in about people and they'll protect those who are in need of protection at the back. And that'll be a help. Zach Rudden will score goals. Kenny Miller periodically will score important goals. They will not go down And they will not be in the playoffs Thank you to John You could have a long career As a super scoreboard caller ahead of you So make sure you get back in touch with us sometime We've got Charlie who's a Rangers fan And we're going to hear from him next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray, Gordon Dale and Hugh Keevans Are nice and warm in the studio Roger Hanna's hanging on for dear life at Firhill But you are still with us 
Yes, I'm still Great. with you, Gordon. Good to have you. Uh, let's go back in the phones and speak to Charlie, who's a Rangers fan. Not a lot of football to get your teeth into, Charlie. So what's on your mind? Well, I'm sitting watching Liverpool and Tottenham game now, right? You know, oh, it's not bad, is it, Charlie? Charlie? Magnificent. Aye, so it's nothing each in it. But what it is, um, regarding um, Gordon was talking about earlier on, about running up and doing the sand dunes and all that, and trying to keep fit. Um, when I was at Hamden and I was watching Rangers warming up and we doing their routine before the start of the game, I realised how professional they were. And um, I think, I believe the Rangers are the fittest team in, in the league, don't uh, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we are where we are already, um, because of the training regime. You know that uh, Gerard and um, the other guy I've got to mean his name McAllister. Michael Beale, Gary McAllister, yeah. McAllister, have uh, come up with. I think um, that is a big, big turnaround. Um, where was in the, uh, the fitness of the team? Um, I don't know what the rest of the panel thinks, but um, well, let's put it to them. Go on, guys. I, I think uh, a lot is down to not just fitness. Of course, players are fit because they're so well looked after. I wouldn't say I look at Rangers and think they're the fittest team in the league. Uh, I, just, I think they're as fit as what Celtic are, Celtic are as fit as what Rangers are, Aberdeen. I just think they're playing with such confidence in it. And when you play with confidence, you get that little bit of sh- more sharpness yeah. and energy about you. But I don't think that I would look and mm. think, you know what, they're going to run over the top of people in the last 10 minutes because they're so fitter than other teams. I think it's just the confidence that they're playing with under the manager. Having said that, though, there is a... without Because you can't compare it. I don't know how you would draw up a league table. We would never, we, we would never get a definitive. But what, you, what we are seeing, Alex, is a pretty aggressive pressing style yes. from Rangers, which not every team can pull off. Yeah, and... The shift in particular that the midfielders have to put in to make that system work shouldn't be underestimated. I think part of the system, we were talking during the break about Liverpool and how they press and uh, it's very evident with Rangers and Celtic, they press the life out of teams because ideally the the opposition don't have the quality. Uh, So I think Rangers are... They have a system that works for them. They know exactly what they're looking for. Their fullbacks bomb forward. Their midfielders got on the ball to try and dictate the ball as well which makes you do less running because you're not chasing after it. So... But in, listen, but in modern day terms, everything's measured now, Alan. I saw calculated, yeah. yeah. You would expect Rangers to be properly fit because they've got a manager who understands about standards and how play, players should be. And Steven Gerrard has worked at the highest level all of his professional life and he's bringing that professionalism to Rangers. So their fitness is without question. Um, they have an excellent goalkeeper. They have the best left back in the league. They have a solid central defence. They have intelligent midfield players. They have a forward who is a one-man SWAT team and worries the life out of defences. They now have to maintain momentum. They have a game in hand up their sleeve. The championship is in the balance. Celtic have to come back and show that what happened at Celtic Park on the 29th of December was a blip, but not necessarily an indication that the air has come out of their balloon. They have to hit the ground running. Charlie? Hi, well, as I say, um, I appreciate your comments on that. Um, I just feel as if um, 
situation with him, as I say, that it's Mary Day with discipline and all, I think, because the only one that can see with discipline now is Marellis. He's the one that's letting everybody down and he's letting himself down, you know. And I think if he was towing the line and doing what he's supposed to do, um, uh, I don't know what it would be, you know. Well, it's a different type. Discipline when we use that word, yeah, you talk no, about yellow and yeah. red cards, but actually, if we're talking, if it's in the if it's in the context of fitness and all the rest of it, is it not your it's your tactical discipline? It's about players doing their their jobs, Alex, and, and constantly yeah. being where they need to be. Is it not a blend of everything? You need to be fit Absolutely. to do. It. You need to be fit it's... to do it, but you also need to sort of do things at the right time, as Gordon yeah. says, with very similar sports science, with very similar facilities. The chances that Rangers are considerably or noticeably fitter than Celtic that, that's probably pretty slim. But if yeah. you can sometimes make it look that way, I think when you when they do it, they, 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 they can gauge. They've got a GPS now, Gordon, so they can gauge. Most footballers are running the same distance, but you can see a team or whatever team it is, they can dictate the game. They can actually dominate the ball more, and you know it's it's deceiving. So you don't necessarily have to have the ball all the time to be running more. But I actually think, as you rightly said there, I think in terms of Rangers. Where they're at at the moment They're in a very good place They all know their system And I think that's the key thing When you know what you're doing You put yourself in the right areas And you're dictating the thing You actually look fitter Because you're getting the results also Let's hear from Lauren Shanklin Shall we? A perfect hat-trick yeah. from him Taking him up to a total of 20 what for the season Alex? You're the man who likes uh, to count He's on up. 25 now If you include the Scotland, Scotland goal. goal Yes, the okay. one goal yes. Uh, Let's hear from him Always good to get a hat-trick But when it's, it's a perfect one It makes it a wee bit better So Aye, it was um, first one great delivery for Clarkie and then second one was a wee bit the individual effort and then me and Pete played the biggest one too in the world I think <laughs> for the third so I just delighted to see them all gone. There was a wee bit of time for complacency today if the other game's been off, I mean you can take, a, take your eye off it really but we knew that it was a really important game, we had to stretch that lead at the top and then it puts the pressure on them to win their game in hand so we knew how big a game it was today and we knew what we were expecting, it was it was a tough fixture and tough conditions as well, I mean at times so thankfully enough through the game it did stay quite calm weather-wise but under, underground it was quite soft so just a, a really big win for us at a, at a tough ground to come to. The debate about what yeah. level he can play at and whether he should lead the line for Scotland, that's something that will rage on. And it'll, it I'm looking forward to go and I'm looking to see where his career goes. Uh, as a player for the next few months. Can we at least agree, though, that again, come the summer, there's going to be that debate and there's going to be undeniable interest from various places, you would imagine? Yeah, but there's no two ways about it. There will be people monitoring him. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of people out there who'll be disappointed that he didn't have a nibble. Last summer, you know, and pay what was it, a couple of hundred grand. Uh-huh. That you know, he was obviously free, but you could have got him. You know, obviously incorporated into his wages. Listen, the boy continues to impress. He's now an international. Listen, I know Shanks very well, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here on in because there's question marks. What what level can he go to? If he goes to say, uh, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, then can he go to a bigger one? Can he go down to England? Can he can he kick on his international career? In terms of the impact, Gordon. Strikers are the guys And goodness knows You like to brag about it The guys that score the goals They win you things They get Mm -hmm. the headlines And if you want to get promoted You have to have someone Who knows their way to goal We know Mm -hmm. that Dundee United Have thrown a lot of money at this They have to get up They they can't keep staying In that division But it's working It looks like they've just found The guy who can Fire them back to the top They've found the recipe Gordon Because I think the Dundee United manager Nelson says it there He said that It's our job to get the service to Shanklin Now They're doing their job They're getting the service And he's rewarding By scoring the goals And I'm like uh, Alex I like the boy I like everything yep. about him I like his movement 
I for goal Obviously He's putting the ball In the back of it Dundee United will go up And I will be watching To see Where he goes oh. Can he hack it At that level I can't answer that Until we see him Playing at that level Week in week out Hugh this time next week It'll be Scottish Cup The teams yeah. will Over the next few days Make their way back From their warm weather training What do you think Lies in store Over the next Seven days or so Well I would fully expect uh, Celtic and Rangers to have done some kind of transfer business within the next seven days. But whoever they are, they will not be involved in the Scottish Cup. They'll be given time to bed in. Uh, the Scottish Cup is a formality for Rangers against Stranraer on Friday night. It ought to be a formality for Celtic against Partick Thistle, who at the moment are licking their wounds after losing four goals to Dundee United. But as Roger Hanna said, the cup is not about Partick Thistle. It is about Celtic. Because uh, the 31 cup ties undefeated now and they'll want to make that 32. Uh, so when they get back, the pair of them are in for the most tense, the most blood-curdling finale to a season that possibly any of us have ever seen. There is so much at stake. Dubai... I'd better have been good for the pair of them. The finish, I think, by the end of it, we'll be watching it through the cracks in our fingers. It'll be so tense. OK, thank you to Hugh Keevens. A bit of a disrupted day, but a dramatic and exciting one nevertheless. The rain caused havoc with the fixture card. We survived in a few places, most notably at Partick Thistle. It didn't go to plan for the Jags, though they lost by four goals to one at home. Lauren Shankland, the main man, again, a perfect hat-trick for the Dundee United striker. And we now turn our attentions back to the transfer window, the return of our Premiership clubs from their warm weather training. And of course, the Scottish Cup next weekend. Always a special weekend in the Scottish football calendar. We will be back on Monday night at six o'clock. Hugh Keevens will be here. Alex Ray will be alongside him. So please make sure you join us. Thank you for all your calls, your tweets and your company this afternoon. George Bowie's up next with the GBX. Morton got a good win today. He'll be a happy man. Enjoy your Saturday night with him. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.